what can I spend on it? More importantly, the time. Exactly. How much time can I dedicate to going and taking these classes and prioritize prioritize to the classes that are that I'm in need of? Yeah. So and so I was talking with Jess about this last night as you know we had discussed the the idea of this podcast. I was like, this is perfect. This is literally what I'm doing right now. So I called her up and I said, hey Jess, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? This is what we're doing. How would you how would you articulate? what we're going through right now. And I shared with her some of my thoughts. And, uh, you know, she said, you know, what you're describing sounds a lot like the Stephen Covey decision-making matrix. Um, and I, and I, uh, I was like, you know what? I think you're exactly right. Um, and so we were trying to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the most important thing that we can learn? But the reality is it's all important. So we can say, you know, is pistol training important or is rifle training important or is food prep important or is comms important or is uh, fitness, you know, education important? The answer is yes, it's all important. And so what we did was we we didn't look at it as to what's important. We looked at it with a with a different um, measure. So if, if you were to look up the Stephen Covey decision-making matrix, it's really simple little grid. There's like two columns and two rows. The two rows that go across, they say important or not important, but that doesn't apply for this. Um, and the two columns that go up and down, it's what's urgent and what's not urgent. But since we think everything's important, what we decided to do was we looked at it as what am I proficient in and what am I not proficient in? Where are my deficiencies? So my deficiencies fall into that important category. And so what we did was we listed out all of the training that we could possibly take. There was like 30 classes we want to take next year, but we can't. So we have to prioritize which ones we can. So we looked you at... You can't take a month off? I'm trying. <laughs> and in fact, actually this month, I'm, I'm really close to taking a month off. And let, let's be honest, uh, we're, we're going to throw in there, hey, uh, can you come train with us for this week and teach this class? So, I'm in. Um, so we took all of those things that we want to do, whether it's training related or whatever. If it requires my time and my, my funds, it kind of goes into these categories. Is, is this something I'm proficient in or deficient? Like I love rifle training, pistol training, fitness training, all of those things. But on my list somewhere is like ham radio certification. I don't love that. I'm very, very deficient in that. So that goes into... I, I love ham radio for, for other people. Yes. I love other people to love ham radio. Yes. So I, I have other people that love ham radio. <laughs> That's good. It's good to have friends. I wish I would love ham radio. <laughs> and, you know, and... and not to derail too much, but you know, a big part of this too is as we're looking at what's important and what's urgent, if you have a really tight network or a big family, um, you know, maybe I delegate some of these tasks. Maybe, maybe it's not important for just to know ham radio. If I take it up, it's kind of like that. We gave that podcast. I don't know what season, uh, train like an ODA, Yes, you know, live like an ODA and, and build that community. So if you have those people that have those passions or knowledge, 
they can focus on it. And then when you get together, they can give you the stuff that you need so yeah. that you guys can do what you wanted or want or need to do. So once we figured out the things that I was proficient in and deficient in, now we have to look at, is this an urgent thing or is it not urgent? Um, is this a skill or an experience I need to have right now? Or is this just something I want to do for fun? And it's important to do both. It's important to manage those urgent things. It's also important to do the things that you just love and the things that are fun. And so once we put all of the things into these four buckets of, you know, I'm deficient at the, at this and it's urgent and I'm proficient at it and it's urgent or I'm deficient and it's not urgent or I'm proficient and it's not urgent. You just got to prioritize what you want to do first. But if you have things in that category that you're deficient and it's urgent, I'd probably put a few of those first. Yeah, it's any kind of triage. You know, right. you're you're coming up with the things that this has to be done. A key factor on this, you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to have that honest assessment. Uh, at Lodestone, we try and have some tools that are that are created for that. Avalanche was one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the avalanche exercise is designed so that people could come out and be like, oh, I need more work on that. Absolutely. Or, hey, that I'm actually pretty good at, so that go, that falls into that proficient category. Um, or like the light fighter. Mm-hmm. The light fighter it is set up where there are different things for you to participate in that are hard, that are going to put you under stress. And then you can sit there and reflect on it and say, you know what? I really need to get better at my cardio. <laughs> um, I really need to do more shooting. Uh, and there's fun stuff in it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the light fighter, I'm thinking anyone's back. You know what? I need to practice more black powder uh, musketry, <laughs> you know, or, or I need to take care of my feet. Yeah, I need to know how to take care of my feet. I think everyone's going to come out of there saying, ah, uh, blisters. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's why we have those, those events, uh, so that people can come and actually be tested and test themselves. Uh, and when you have a, a matrix or a metric to hold yourself up against, then you actually kind of know where you're at. Uh, today we, we talked with the students about using a pro timer mm-hmm. and you know how it is a a measurement tool to check standards. But if you are focusing on beating the timer, then you're not getting the full vantage of, of the tool, you know, because then you're going to start cheating yourself and you're going to rush the drill. You're going to miss the shot because you're, you're doing something sloppy instead of doing everything correctly and making that, that time hack. Uh, so we have to have these metrics. We have to have something that is going to give us that assessment of where we're at. Uh, Your friends are a great resource. You know, those honest friends that can, you know, say, no, look, really, you suck at land nav. Like, yeah, you you have a compass. But, bro, every time we go to the woods, you pull out the GPS. Do more land nav. And those of us that were the friend that's being asked, you're not, you're not hurting their feelings. 
they're asking for an assessment. Do it in a kind way. Don't be like, oh man, you're horrible. You're actually doing them a disservice not being honest. It, exactly. If if you are uh, giving them that false sense of security, it's the emperor's new clothes. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see it. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Look at the flowing robes, you know. Uh, and he's walking around naked. Do you want your friends walking around naked? I don't. Yeah. I mean, and no one wants to see me that way. Yeah. It's let's be honest. It's it's important that we're honest with ourselves and with each other. Especially when it comes to the training, because what are we talking about? We're talking about life saving skills. You know. So so Chris, if if you're planning training for yourself or your girls, what's the process that you use if you're trying to figure out what do you do next? So I'm I'm going I'm falling back on what I know. I'm I'm an army guy. I'm a Green Beret. Uh, I'm looking at that metal list, mission essential task list, that metal. What is it that we need to do? And then I'm going to break that down into its subcomponent tasks. So if my mission is to drive from uh, my house to BFR, that's a three and a half hour drive. Uh, that's the mission. What is essential to that? Well, I have I have to be able to drive. I have to have a vehicle. Now you said, how am I doing that with the girls? Well, right there, I've boom, I've got a, a raging red flag. My oldest daughter doesn't have her driver's license. My 17-year-old doesn't have her driver's license. And at the end of October, I will have a 16-year-old. That is three people that could be licensed drivers that would free me up to do other tasks where we can take more than one vehicle. So for that, that mission drive to BFR. Now I've already identified a training hole. Mm -hmm. So what's going on right now? I'm training my oldest daughter. We're drive. We're learning how to drive. I'm teaching her how to learn how to drive. Uh, I'm setting the plan in motion that as soon as she gets her license, then the next daughter gets her license. And then the next daughter gets her license. What are the things that are holding me back? Is it finances? No, it's not finances. It's time. So I have to make that a priority. Mm -hmm. And that means that Sunday night when, uh, you know, I'm home, uh, everyone's home, we, we're back from church, and it's about 7 o'clock at night, and nothing is going on. We've already had dinner. Guess what? We get in the car and we go for a drive. Because I have to identify and make that a priority, that training, uh, so that we can meet that, that mission. And that is being able to drive to BFR. Um, that's essential that we, mm -hmm. we are able to do that. Uh, and so by making that, that breaking down any task into its subcomponents, it, it, uh, it shows you uh, flaws. It shows you inadequacies. It shows you holes, gaps in your, your training plan. And by doing that, you can sit there and you can draw out your training plan. And you can say kind of that triage what is necessary and what can I fix? What can I address? Um, something may be urgent, but it is kind of unattainable. Mm -hmm. Like at this point with whether it's, you know, I, I look at my current standing on equipment. I only have two sets of night vision for my household. There are five people in my household. That means three people. That means, you know, uh, Three-fifths are walking around without night vision. So a deficiency is I need to be getting more night vision for the household. 
well, that's currently not a, a thing. I can't afford. It's quite an undertaking. Yeah, I can't afford that. Yeah. So I could sit there and be like, oh, well, shoot, I can't do anything until I get that. Mm-hmm. No, look at something that is a little bit more attainable. Uh, what is something that we can all do? Food storage. Food storage is super easy for me because I have already the means and methods of doing freeze drying. So we have the bags, we have the the equipment to make the uh, the freeze dried foods, and we eat food. So we have leftovers. Is I have bird people. So we, it's very easy to do that, and it's also a um, uh, motivator. You know, like it, it, it's a win. Uh, so I could sit there and be like, oh, you know, I'm really not prepared because we only have two sets of nods. Or I could be like, hey, you know what? We just packaged up six meals today. That is six meals that we didn't have yesterday. That's six meals that if there's a time of, of need, we have. So that's a win. It's a motivator. It makes me feel good about myself. It it drives me forward instead of like thinking bad about things. Same thing can be applied to training. Hey, I can't make that class. I don't have, you know, um, I want to take a battle rifle class. I want to take a long distance engagement class, but I don't have a um, a 300 wind mag or I don't have a, a foul. Uh, but I do have a pistol and I've taken the level one class before and it's available. Shoot, I'm going to go take that level one class again. It's a win. You're continuing to improve your skills. You're getting uh, more reps in. You're becoming better than you were before. It's a smaller win. It's not that like, hey, I can now shoot out to um, a thousand meters, but you're more proficient with your malfunctions drills. And that is a win. So when I'm kind of looking and setting up my, my training plan, what is it that I try what I need, what do I need to accomplish? Write it out and look at and break down those tasks. Like what are my tasks? And then look at how I can start to fill those gaps. And if it's something that is, man, that is not impossible. Nothing's impossible, but that's, uh, requires more resources, whether it's time, money, uh, whatever, look for something else. Uh, don't take it off the list. It still exists. I still need three more sets of night vision. Uh, and that will happen. It's just not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next month. (laughs) But it will happen. No, I know my tendency. Like if I'm planning my workout for the day and I'm just going to plan out to do the things that I I like to do, every workout would be pull-ups and deadlifts, every single one of them. And and I wouldn't get variability in, you know, in my my training. Um, So if you've got someone that, you know, let's say you've got – just enough time or just enough resources to repeat, let's say pistol one for the second or third time, Mm -hmm. or you can take something like a water purification or uh, a wilderness survival course. Would you, would you say that variability would be good for that too? I'm a big believer in in variability. That's one of the reasons we treat our, our catalog of courses is so wide. Um, And we're, we're adding stuff all the time. You and I have been talking about different courses that, that we're working on. And again, it comes to, I mean, I list a course and a bunch of you guys are there. I don't want to go to that course. Why, why aren't you teaching that course right now? Because we're not going to put a product out that isn't perfect. 
or as close to perfect as imperfect beings can be. Um, we spend a lot of time making sure that it flows well and that, you know, the gates are met and that you walk away from, from the class knowing things. So yes, absolutely. You have to have that diversity. Shooting guns is fun. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of you have noticed out there that, you know, you came to Lodestone because you shoot guns and you like the guns, you like the drills that we do. And you're like, Hey, you know what? Chris and Jared are kind of cool dudes. I'm going to take one of these seminars. And then you're like, Hey, there's more stuff out there. And then we start to see guys coming to austere environment, urban evasion, you know, uh, austere environment, uh, winter edition, you know, which I'm looking forward to so much this year. Uh, it's, it's going to be nice. Uh, seeing that you can have that diversity and that you can get more capacity, more capability so that you are better prepared for whatever life throws at you. Um, so yeah, shooting absolutely it is a lot of fun. Uh, I give the example of the, the battle rifle class. Yeah. Come take the battle rifle class. You know what? Also take a shotgun class. Like I've taken Kirk's shotgun class, man. I, I'm not, hate is a strong word. I'm not going to grab a shotgun when I have other options. I'm in the same boat. But taking that class and learning how to run a gun, run a shotgun and keep that thing fed. That was amazing. Like that was a, a, a big eye opener. Like I went out after that class and I bought a new shotgun. Hmm. Not like, oh, I'm so excited. I bought a new shotgun because I had the wrong shotgun. The shotgun that I had didn't work for, you know, I thought it was just fine. You know, I had a um, 870 Express. I still have it because I don't get rid of guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went and got a, a, a Mossberg 590 because. Well, that's good to hear because that's what I've got. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I was and, hoping I got the right yeah, one. It, well, that that was the, the shotgun that I walked away from that class with saying, this is what I want. And I would not have known that mm-hmm. if I hadn't if I hadn't stepped out of my comfort level and taken that class. And I could have very easily been, I'm an 18 Bravo. I don't need to take a shotgun class. I know guns. Well, you know, I, I do. I, I know how shotguns work. I, I know how to pattern a shotgun. I know the theory behind it. But I've never had to feed one under pressure. Mm. I've never had someone giving me drills and and calling out, you know, different load patterns that I've got to draw from the right sleeve and and feed that gun the you know right order of slug or, or buck or bird or or whatever. Um that was amazing. And it was amazing to put myself outside of my my comfort level. And a lot of times I, I see it um we're not willing to uh do something we're gonna fail at. Uh, because our pride is is very strong. And when we check the pride and we put ourselves out there and we do something that is a little bit more of a challenge, we grow and we become better. Absolutely. Uh, so that's definitely something that I encourage everyone as you're looking at this next year and you're trying to figure out where you're going to spend your time. Uh I'm not saying throw a dart at the calendar, but I'm saying I would pick one of the classes that you're like, I don't even know what that means. Like, huh? Improve or improvise tools of defense. 
sure, it's a, you know, it's a three hour seminar. Come take it. You know, it's something different. Uh, you guys have taken our classes, you know, it, it you're not going to show them like, well, that was a waste of my, my day. Uh, you're going to walk about like, Hey, I learned something different. I learned something new. Uh, be willing to push yourselves, be willing to fail. Uh, that's, that's going to give you a lot. Now, going back to, um, metal, um, you guys have to be able to identify what that means. So I can't tell you what your mission is. I can't tell you what the essential task of that mission. Uh, I can tell you, I can give you some ideas. Um, you can say, hey, I want to be able to get home. All right. So you can sit there and you can identify it. I work 30, 30 miles from my house. So if everything emergency happens, I've got to travel those 30 miles. That is your mission now. That is the thing that you've identified that, hey, this year I'm going to work on get home. So what are the essential tasks for that? And, th and that's a really good point because I think, you know, the mission can change over time. You know, over the last several years, my wife and I have been working on improving uh, self-defense because mm -hmm. um, we live in a, a relatively urban and suburban area and our most likely threat was petty crime or you know um things that we could possibly de-escalate or or manage with the tools that we carry on us every single day um as the world is changing and things are looking stranger you know we're looking at our mission now i'm like maybe just needs to get better with a, a rifle or maybe we need to uh look at improving other skills outside of just your foundational you know, self-defense. So as we're looking at this upcoming year, we're looking at it with a new mission set. And so we're doing exactly that. Like yeah. my, a new mission now. Mm -hmm. how, how do I attack this new mission? And here's the wonderful thing. You guys can have multiple missions. You know, no mm -hmm. one says that you just get one mission. I mean, we're not unitaskers. It would be easy if it was just one oh, mission. It would. it would be. Hey, all I have to worry about is making sure no one comes in that front door done all right i i look at the tools that i have and set it up Roomba claymore yeah you know i mean that that's a that's a thing but what we have going on is we have a very dynamic lifestyle yeah uh we're moving we're traveling we're going we're interacting with different people uh we have teenage children that they have their own lives and they're they're all over the place they're doing different things and we're trying to prepare that if something happens, if there is an event, whether it's uh, the Chinese decide that, you know, what they've they, they've they've got enough uh, a big enough Navy built up and they're going to go ahead and try and invade or, you know, the Russians decide, you know what, let's go ahead and uh, fire one of them Poseidon torpedoes into um, Baltimore Harbor, you know, um, OK. There's a lot that could be going on. There are a lot of different situations. We can't just bury our heads in the sand and be like, oh, well, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Let's build contingencies. Yep. It's what, a pace plan. Exactly. You know? And what's the next healthy step? Yep. You know, what's the next thing I can do to improve my foxhole, you know, improve my fighting position? And that's really what we're kind of asking you guys to do here is actually sit down and, and think about it. And I, I can't tell you how, how much it will benefit you 
if you pull out the whiteboard or the, the scratch piece of paper and you write these things down. Because when you start to visualize it, when you're just in there thinking about it as you're driving back and forth to work and stuff, yeah, you'll have some good ideas. But when you put it on paper, it, it becomes real and tangible. And then you can start to understand these things. And then you can pull up the calendar and you can go through and you can look at our course list and be like, all right, I see where I need to go. You know, I see there's this class. And because I'm planning for it a year out, I can go ahead and make the arrangements. And, you know, if that's an expensive class, I believe that everyone should do cephalic. I mean, I think that that is honestly for the price point you're never going to get cheaper training. I mean, it's an expensive class, both in tuition and in ammunition, but you are not going to get better training. You're doing six days. That is six days where you're shooting, you are moving, you're communicating, you're using night vision, you're using flashlights, uh, you're being exposed to different uh, techniques day after day after day, and you're testing your gear. So yeah, that might be something that you're looking at right now going, oh man, that's that's a lot of ammo. Okay. Well, plan for it. Plan for it and buy what you can every month. And then it becomes easy. Uh, well, not easy, but it becomes Attainable. not impossible. Yeah. You know. Uh, There's a reason that, you know, we, we've got just signed up for that class for that same reason. And if my schedule allows and if we can manage it, I'm going to sign up for it too. I've done a lot of shooting. I still want that class. It's six days of hammering away at mm-hmm. all of those things that will make me better all around. And one of the things that we talk about in that class is that's a requirement for Green Brace every three years. You're required to attend that class. At fifth group, it was a requirement for deployment. Mm-hmm. So I would do that once a year almost uh, in order to be qualified. And all it is is just getting the reps and doing the work and doing it day after day after day. And that's where you not only do you test yourself, but you test your equipment. A lot of that, you know, if you think about it, a lot of your training is also training your equipment. Tonight, the perfect example. You know, we're sitting there with these uh, gentlemen who they have, they have better night vision than I do. By Same. Far. I mean, it was... Their gear is amazing. It was, you know... They they pulled out uh, six sets of uh, BMVDs. Yes, and uh, they all had helmets. Um, they all had Wilcox mounts. They had the right stuff, but these guys, other than fitting the helmets, which they still needed some help adjusting, uh, they didn't know how to use their gear. They had all of the gear, six wonderful sets, mm-hmm. but it was pretty much um, a paperweight until we were able to sit down with them. And in just a few hours, we got them adjusted. We showed them adjust the adjustment points and got them very comfortable, got them walking around in, in the dark. We weren't uh, at the range that we're at. We're not able to shoot after dark, um, which is, you know, sucks. We got to get them down to VFR so we yeah. can do that. Uh, but we were able to teach those guys so that they were able to learn their equipment. And we give them some drills that they can practice on their own so they can continue to improve. Yes. And so sometimes training is learning that equipment. You have the stuff. You've got to learn it. Uh, 
we have, that's one of the reasons why we do the night vision classes. And the, the reason why we do them the way we do is so you guys can see the equipment so you can get trained and familiar with the equipment. Uh, you and I were talking on the way back to the hotel about lasers mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not a fan of lasers anymore, man. I used to it makes like, it easy. Like when I was in the 82nd, that, that pec two alpha, man, I love that thing. Uh, now because there's, uh, the proliferation of uh, night vision, there's a lot of people running around with night vision. It's kind of, it's like tracers. They work mm-hmm. two ways, mm-hmm. you know, one of the guys tonight was asking me, he's like, so how likely is it that, you know, someone that, if I'm using night vision, that someone who is an adversary would also have night vision? Is that is that a reality? I said, how many night vision sets did you guys just buy? It's commercially available. Yeah. Anybody with funds can buy There's them. not a background check. You know, buy them online. You know, <clears throat> and any, any group of organized individuals or someone with a little bit of funds, they can have it. Yeah. And it's, uh, yes, they are ITARs controlled, you know. Still, people are buying them and selling them to the cartel because Correct. there are horrible people out there. Correct. You know. Um, so, taking a night vision class, coming out and, hey, I don't have night vision. People keep telling me I need night vision. Well, you're never going to truly believe until you see it. Until you get behind a set of nods, and then you're like, "Okay, I see what they mean." I'm this, cheating now. This is something that is giving me an advantage. I want this. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about today. You know, we're talking about our families, and I'm a big proponent of avoiding problems. Mm-hmm. So why do I need night vision for my daughters, so that they can get away from a problem? So we can take that the next step. I identified, hey, I have a, a forerunner. I've got a nice um, SUV. I can go a lot of places. Can I go a lot of places under night vision? No. So I added uh, Black Oak uh, LEDs, IR LEDs that are specially um, made for the uh, 940 nanometer band which is very, very low uh, visible light. You have to like be right up on them, looking straight into them to see any kind of light signature. But when I turn those on, it's like I have headlights under my night vision. So I'm able to drive and get away from problems. I'm, if there's a checkpoint someplace and I can drive around it, I don't even have to turn my headlights on. They don't see me creeping through uh, the brush, getting around and driving through that field that is giving me the ability to avoid a problem. It's one of the reasons why we have the night vision driving class. Mm. It, it's fun. I love it. I think it's really, really awesome uh, to drive around in night vision. It, it, you know, you, you, you're doing something cool. You know, you're doing something special. You get to go back to work and people are like, oh, what'd you do on, on the weekend? You know, your coworkers are like, well, I watched the, uh, the sports ball game and, you know, my team, yeah, my team uh, did things and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I drove around in pitch black darkness and I didn't hit anything. One of the funniest things we did tonight, one of the guys threw his night vision on. I said, hey, give me a high five. And it was like a total whiff. <laughs> and that's just because we, we have to, you know, learn that proprioception. Yeah. Man, I'd hate to totally whiff in my car. Yeah. You know, it'd be good to get that practice. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's one of the reasons why we have that class is so that guys can come out and they not only can test their gear, they can test themselves. They can see something. I know that not everyone that took that class, but I know more than one person that took that class. We ran it uh, this year earlier, uh, went out and bought the black Oak LEDs. Uh, I've had a couple people reach out to me like, okay, what is the switch panel that you have on yours? Because I want that same, same setup. And yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, my, my adopted son, uh, Bison, <laughs> yes. he went out and he got a, uh, the, the suction cup system. So he's able to temporarily put it on his vehicle because I think he's still driving. I don't know. It runs on rice. Yeah, it's, it's a little Honda thing. Um, it's got a flared uh, fin on the back. And, big, big old wing. So yeah, wing, wing. yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's like a, a anime character or something I on the, so, on the yeah. door. Um, you open up the doors and neon turns on. The lights on the bottom. Yeah, the lights yeah. on the bottom. Um, so he can't drive around it. The aesthetics don't uh, blend like they do on the Forerunner. So he has a system that works for him. That's something that he was able to identify by taking some training. You know, we start to learn the things that we don't know. So it's one of the things I definitely encourage you guys when you're doing your whiteboard, when you're writing these things out, uh, look at those, not just holes, but look at those things that are kind of interesting. And like, hey, I don't know if that applies, but I've got the time or I have the finances or it's interesting to me. And, you know, take that leap. Uh, go ahead and do that. Um, if, if someone's totally clueless and, and they're really not sure, do you have a recommendation where where they should start maybe the cephalic class or um like if, if if they're just starting off and they're like you know what i'm doing this for fun or i'm doing this because i have a mission set and i i think i i, I think i see some things going on in the world but man it's so overwhelming i have no idea where to start uh how do they how do they jump in you know the any of the level one live fire classes that's going to be a, a a great jumping off point for the the shooting you know whether it's a pistol or rifle what do you have more ammo of and do that class other things something that i really think uh the small unit tactics class you're going to get more out of that class than you expected one of the things that you're going to get out is a lot of leadership uh, you're going to see what people do when they're tired and they're hungry and they're cold more importantly, you're going to see what you do when you're in those conditions. Uh, it's very funny. We we have a good friend that took uh, the SUT class back in April. And man, he is the nicest guy. And you are. You're listening. Nicest guy I've ever met. Just, just happy. You don't let him sleep. You make him cold. You take away his food. And then you tell him he has to walk another two miles. He's not happy camper. <laughs> He's no longer chipper, you know. Um, I think that's a really good start point, honestly. I think that's kind of, it's not necessarily the deep end. It, but it it does require you to have some skills. Like So it's kind of, kind of like avalanche in a way where you can see where you have, like, deficiencies. Yeah, and, it, you know, like you'll go to SUT, and if you have a background in land nav, you'll see really where your land nav is. If you don't understand land nav, we give a very down and dirty, quick explanation. And a lot of the things in the beginning are cadre led. 
So we'll explain how to do something and then we'll show it. Mm -hmm. So we'll take you on a patrol and we'll talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And then we turn it over and give you guys the opportunity to do it. So it's, it again, it, it stays in the tradition of, of Lodestone where we have this kind of nice, even flow. We don't just be like, oh, here, do drill. You know, it's like, we're going to start by loading a magazine. Mm -hmm. This is the proper way to load a magazine. Then two, you know, two, three, four, five drills later, we're having you do magazine changes, you know, under stress. And it's not a problem for you because we showed you how to properly load the magazine in the beginning. And we've, we've talked about every time you've done that reload or that, sorry, load that now when you're doing that reload, it's just a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's just an administrative uh, load. Like you've done every drill prior and you're starting to get the muscle memory. And so we, we try and lay all our classes out like that, where it has that good flow. Uh, so I think that SUT is one of the, the under attended classes because people will sit there and be like, oh, I'm not really good at land nav. And, you know, I, I, I haven't taken any of the wilderness skills classes and, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to do in the woods or my shooting isn't, isn't up to par or anything like that. It's kind of, it's a safer environment than avalanche to do an assessment in because a lot of it is cadre led. Mm. We're there with you. Got it. Um, where in avalanche, it is an assessment. It is a, we are there to provide scenarios for you to go through but we're not there really to teach anything. The hardest classes that I have are classes that I don't really teach anything. I just provide scenarios and we have AARs after. I love the conversations afterwards, but it's very hard because I'm a teacher. Mm, you know, like sure. I want to give instructions. Uh, like the uh, Dynamics of Gunfight, another great uh, course that wherever you're at on your, your shooting journey, you should put that class in this year. That should be a class you take. It's a one-day class. It's a Saturday. Um, we're using Airsoft instead of UTM, so you don't have to worry about, you know, too much catastrophic pain. Um, it, it's not going to be a, oh, I'm not really good enough to do housework yet. My weapons handling isn't. We're not going to comment a lot about your weapons handling. It's more the, you know, how did the experience happen? In that class, I'm setting up scenarios but I'm not really, there's no chance for me to sit there and coach you on how to handle the scenario because it's just, okay, you're a good guy, you're a good guy, you're a bad guy. My two good guys don't know each other. Scenario starts, gunfight, the bad guy starts shooting people. Good guy one sees bad guy, shoots at bad guy. Good guy two doesn't know who bad guy is and shoots good guy one. And everyone's acting under their own agency. And they're acting under their own. So for me as an instructor, there's not a lot to instruct because I'm just letting it happen. Then I get to, in the debrief, we get to talk about it. And that's where the lessons come from. And that's where we're talking about it. And okay, what could you have done to let the other shooters know that you're the good guy? Um, as the good guy, how can you make sure you're shooting the right bad guy? And, uh, you know, we'll bring uh, Oz in and uh, Oz law enforcement he has that perspective and he can talk to those things um really really good experience but it's not the same as say like um a land nav seminar where i'm actually teaching something i know you know 
I know the desired outcome because I am saying it. It's less uh, that I'm depending on the students. I'm giving a lot and it's on them to receive. Um, both are great classes. Both, both things, I, I really, there is benefit. One is a little bit more controllable for me, you know, sure. so the outcome is a little bit more controllable. Um, so like SUT, it's not like uh, Avalanche where we're giving scenarios. We're there with you. Like we have those gates. It has that nice even flow. Uh, so, you know, you start out, we, we start off with individual movement techniques, how to walk in the woods, how to walk in the woods as a group. And it's a lot of it is cadre led. And then by the time you're doing it on your own, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. Now you, and this is a, a given, almost everyone that the end of SUT, they're like, I need to do more land nav. You know, what's funny is every time I do land nav, I'm like, I need to do more land nav mm -hmm. because it's just, it's a perishable skill. Yeah. And it's one of those things that the more you do it, the better you are at it and the more confident you will have uh, in your abilities. So yes, every, everyone, you you did the land F and smoked the land F course. And what did you think about that? And that was amazing. What an amazing course. I, mean, I, I did land nav. I think the last time I actually did a, a class on it was in the Marines in like maybe 2002. And it was, uh, it was teaching to the lowest common denominator. Uh, for the for the most part, and so I, I I don't know that I got a lot out of it other than learning how to shoot an azimuth and walk in a straight line. That's about what I remember. But man, that's been twenty years. Mm -hmm. They probably taught me a lot more, and I just don't remember it. <laughs> um, but coming here, uh, like th that class stuck because th there were portions where it was led by you mm -hmm. and. Um, you took us through those gates and then we got, you know, a, you know, uh, grids and we're like, all right, go find your, your points. And we just went for a nature walk on our own, like James by himself walking through the woods. And I'm having to, you know, guess like, man, did I take 62 paces or was that 68 paces? Um, and I'm second guessing myself and I'm having to, you know, like, do I have to go back? 200 meters to figure out where I started. But then I looked at the map and I saw a terrain feature. I was like, oh, I, I, I know where that terrain feature is. I know where that's at on my map. I know where my pace was. I'm learning now through experience because I'm, I'm now being pressure tested because I'm by myself mm -hmm. and I'm not being led by you. And, and that individual pressure, man, that really locked in those lessons. I, I think I, I retained a lot more out of that than I would had you just told me everything. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to get confidence in myself. And it wasn't there at first. I, I was uh, I was nervous and I doubted myself until those little aha moments. And I learned to trust the process. Um, and now I feel really good about it. I feel really confident. Hey, that's, that's one of the classes that I think everyone should take. And it's also one of the classes I think people should take again. Um, the people that have taken the Highlands class when we did it at Kings Gap and the people that did the Lowlands class down in, uh, in Maryland, you should come to BFR and do it out at BFR. Um, it is such a uh, good training area. Um, the, the terrain really teaches very, very well out mm -hmm. there. Uh, so 
when you take those classes and you do those things and they give you the confidence, uh, it boosts you, it motivates you. It, you want to do more of those training. And I think it's important that you sprinkle those in. You know, it's like you said, what are the things that are fun? Um, yeah, you when you plan your workouts, you do deadlifts. Absolutely. You're also getting a lot out of it. Yeah. You know, it's a good, it is a good workout for you. So look at the, the training calendar and, hey, you know what? I'm going to do a vehicle combatives course because I like shooting that windshield. You know, that's a fun class and I learn a lot out of it. But yeah, throw that on there. Throw that stuff in there. Throw those little motivating things in there. Um, that's going to get you, uh, get you motivated, get you happy, get you yeah. excited, you know, uh, along with the things that are going to test you. So if if we're gonna walk away from the end of this discussion, as as like how do I what what are my takeaways? I, I think we really need to be uh, conscious of where where we're at and be very honest with ourselves, and take that time to make that list of what we consider to be mission essential tasks. Mm-hmm. Where am I proficient? Where am I deficient? What's urgent? And then kind of put those tasks. Yeah in that order and just man prioritize execute knock them out and i mean we're talking about this with training i mean right. that's what we do we we train uh that, that's our 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 job lodestone we're a training company we're also a consulting company uh, but we're a training company that comes first in the title you can do a metal list or a metal te- a mission essential task list a metal for anything in your life uh, see i do it at work all the time um, on different police calls. I mean, every call you're doing this, like what's the most urgent thing mm-hmm. I need to do. I go to a bar fight and there's six people stabbed and maybe the bad guy is still running around. Well, what's my most critical thing? I got to stop this bad guy. You know, um, you, you have to be able to prioritize and use this for everything in life. Yeah. And it, I like the the phrase that you keep using and you've used it uh, multiple times on this trip. What's the next healthy step? I can't take credit for that. I just just said that to me um, when we were going through some pretty hard times, and I was really riding the struggle bus. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Dude, you know, what's the next healthy step?" Essentially, like, let's let's go, let's go, let's let's move on, let's take the next healthy step. Yeah, and um, that really just stuck with me, man. Well, I think it's great, and. I I encourage you guys out there, look at your lives, get organized, make some, make some goals, set some priorities, Uh, whether it's training, whether it's, you know, I'm going to finally make my bed, you know, Uh, and when you have a success at one of those goals, it is so motivating. It, It drives you further as an individual that I've achieved things in my life. When I'm struggling, and I've had some struggles recently, I can look back and be like, you know what? This is not going to break me. I'm a green beret. I've done hard things. I have done. I have. I have been through miserable things. But in gunfights, this is nothing. And and not everyone's been in a gunfight, but everyone's done hard things. Everyone's done hard things. Every one of you out there have done something difficult. And you need to think about that. And also, I've achieved goals. I have accomplished things. Uh, you know, I had a, a, a little text conversation with someone earlier tonight, you know, 
talking about, hey, you need to love yourself, man. You know, you need to get to the point that you're okay with you. You're the only you you got. And That's the truth. Make it. What's that next healthy step? Where do I need to go? How can I? How can I get where I want to be on my journey? Um, I know we're we're kind of dancing all over and, and trying to uh, make this, you know, not a okay. This is the execution checklist. You will do this class, this class, this class, this class, because it's individual. And I'm talking. I have people. I I'm thinking of you. You're like, oh, he's thinking of me. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, as I'm I'm speaking. I'm thinking of you in mind and yeah, you should take this class. Yeah, I should see you in this class. You should be in that. But I can tell you that it's not going to be the same as you having that realization. I want you guys to have that good, honest assessment of yourself. Where are you? And that's where a lot of real growth happens. Not from the outside, but from the inside. You know what? I need this information. These guys teach this information. I'm going to go get this information. And I know a lot of uh, people, you know, oh, I, I wish you guys would teach this class or I wish you guys would teach this class. And a lot of times, what is the default answer? What do we say? Go get training from as many good people as you can. Doesn't have to be a lodestone class. Of course, if we teach that class, I want you in that class. But if there's a subject that we're not teaching, we don't know everything. I don't teach race car driving. I drive like a grandpa. You want to learn how to drive fast, you go to Summit Point and learn how to drive fast. If that's something that you've identified on your your metal, hey, I need to be able to drive fast. Well, start saving up the money and go down to Summit Point and learn how to drive fast. It's important. Defensive driving is important. We don't teach that class. Because there's other people that teach it better, and we want you to have the best training that's there. The stuff that we teach, we spend a lot of effort in making sure that it's the best class that you can get. And we have those gates. We have those stages that you're going to, as you're going through, you're like, okay, I was able to do that. Now I'm able to do this, and now I'm able to do this, and so on and so forth. And you suddenly you realize, I ate the whole elephant. It was a bite at a time, but man, I ate an elephant. And it's awesome. Absolutely. Folks, I uh, really appreciate you joining in and listening to us ramble on about why it's important to have a plan about training. Um, yeah, do fun things, but plan it out. Have a goal in mind and achieve that goal. When you do that, you are going to be so much happier with yourself and it's going to have some value. Remember your pace plan. If you can't get your primary, go to that alternate. Okay, I want to do this, but I don't have the money to do that. But I can do this and uh, find some happiness, guys. Till next time, be safe. But always there remained the discipline of steel.